Hello everybody, how's it going today? Plasma 231 here, back again today to talk about Weekly Shonen Jump. And today I will be talking about Weekly Shonen Jump, the combined issue of 36, or number 36 I should say, and number 37 of 2023. Now, you're probably like, alright Corbin, so you're going to be talking about this Weekly Shonen Jump issue that came out at the end of August, right? Well, it's almost at the end of August, right? Have you missed a few? And yes, I have. I have sort of been putting up off this video, just had a lot of other stuff coming on, and I, I just have never gotten around to actually finally recording this video. But I still want to talk about Weekly Shonen Jump every week because I enjoy, really enjoy Weekly Shonen Jump. So much to the extent that I even haven't read the newest chapters to not forget my opinions on these chapters before I read the new ones, right? So... The other problem with that is that I haven't read these chapters that came out on August 6th, if I'm not mistaken, in literally almost three weeks since they originally came out. And because of that, you guys are just going to have to bear it with me just sort of doing this recap because I've probably forgotten most of the things that have happened during most of these chapters, right? I just sort of flipping through them like, all right, that sort of brings back a little few memories, right? But being this was an, also an extra long break between the chapters, this is also a way for me to catch up on what happened last time before I read the next chapters that came out, right? But without further ado, um, we should probably just go and get started, and I'll start as I normally do by just saying what this series is about for people who may not have seen my um, Weekly Shonen Jump talk about this before. So pretty much I read a bunch of series in Shonen Jump. This week, for instance, I re have read, let's see, 14 different Jump series, right? Um, tons of different ones. Some of them I just have dropped and just have never read, and other ones I have just read for a really long time. And I'm just going to be going through each chapter in a specific order. This is normally the order I prefer to read chapters in. It's just how... I personally do it, right? There's no right way to read Shonen Jump. And what I will do is I'll pretty much, once we talk about every chapter, while we're talking about them, I will sort of just point out what I feel like pointing out. It's simple as that. And then at the very end of the video, which if you want to go ahead and just hear my thoughts on all of this stuff now, I'll have a timestamp in the description below you can go check out. But I'm pretty much just, if I could speak, I'm pretty much just going to be over going over what I thought of each chapter and ranking them all in order from first best to 14th best and everything else in between and also picking a singular character of the week to be like hey this character really showed their stuff this week and why is that right and sort of just highlighting a great character this week and without further ado um being that i'm very rusty in this and this may take a while i'd say we just go and hop right in with my hero academia chapter number 369 this chapter is titled Battle Without a Quirk because this is all about All Might battling all for one without a quirk because um, a few chapters ago we had the whole conflict with All Might and all for one sort of getting ready to happen as um, the last few chapters have all been about Toga and Twice and all of that good deal and we even sort of start off this chapter with the idea of this is all going on 20 minutes before the Toga Twice army faded away. We pretty much just see All Might put on this suit of armor that he was pulled out last time, right? It's very reminiscent to um, a support item that he talked about in like a movie or something a long, long time ago in My Hero Academia. And we get this really awesome shot of this armor as we see it sort of just covers him and sort of bulks him up like his true All Might muscle form, right? The form that we know to hero All Might as. It even sort of gives him like a cool cape reminiscent of his um golden age and silver age out or bronze silver age yeah i think it was silver age outfits 
and it even has like um, some metal stakes coming up through the head to represent the hair tufts and a glory, glorious, magnificent toothed smile on it. And it just looks really awesome, right? And as we just go through a chapter, there's a sort of bigger plot point going on here with All Might just saying, hey, um, Hercules talking to his car like, hey, roll the camera. As we see that he wants to show what he's doing currently to the world. And this goes to direct Detective Tsukuchi, who really doesn't believe in All Might here, right? He just doesn't want to see one of his good friends die. And he doesn't want all of the people of the world to see this as Aiba, who is, of course, La Brava, is also here and sort of just, like, presses a button to livestream this to the entire world. And Tsukuyuchi has a really sad and somber moment here, like, hey, stop the stream, Aiba. We'll all, all be broadcasting is the brutal death of formal, former hero, sealing a few minutes of all for one's time to make sure his people's fight, his people's fight goes uninterrupted. And it's this really big moment of it's just, like, holy shit, like, yeah, that is very well what this could be. There is a big chance that All Might could die here. And it's like a very serious thing. I mean, we're almost 400 chapters into My Hero Academia. And All Might is really the person who started this entire series. Not only for Deku, but for all of the myriad of Class 1A heroes that we've seen throughout this series. So it's a very serious moment as everything just keeps going on and... We see All For One coming into an attack, and he's just like, hey, what are you smiling about, All or One For All, or not All Might? That's the name, All Might, right? Um, I haven't had to talk about My Academia in a long time, not doing my chapter reviews. I'm, geez, I, I looked the other day. I am, last chapter I reviewed came out in February of this year. Like, I am so, like, it may take me a solid month just to catch up on My Hair Academia reviews. But I, I promise I will try to catch up for the end of the series. I'm actually going through them because I do love My Hair Academia. But as this is all going on is, and is um, All For One is charging in for a massive attack, we see All Might using a move called Hercules Red. As we see that he's got like a bunch of these like flying um, scale parts around him. And we see that they sort of all come in around him and make a protective shield like an unbreakable shield. Like Red Riot, who is Kirishima, one of the members of Class 1A, um, unbreakable form, right? And of course, he na has named this attack after um, Kirishima. And we see All For One come through, do a massive strike wave punch, and All Might is able to just circumvent it and survive it, right? And it's this really big deal of how did he survive that, right? And as the conflict just keeps going on, we see that um, All Might uses a move where he sort of uses, um, like, grappling gun to sort of hold all for one in his place as he calls it black whip which is so cool and then he also sends electricity through the wires calling it charge bolt which of course is kaminari so it's just this big idea of all might just naming showing what his pupils have taught him and doing these moves without a quirk and as everything just keeps going on him and all for one have some more battle as they just keep talking about i'm um, talking about it he uses a move called Sugar Man, which sort of gives him some added strength for a um, punch here, right? And as everything keeps going on, he sort of just eventually talks like, The suit and the car here, um, to keep me in this fight, if only for a little bit, I came up with the specs and put in the design request. Back then, when you brought us to your knees, I had no choice but to take refuge over in the States. I made a friend there, and these are the fruits of that bond. As we see, this is Melissa, the person from the first My Hero Academia movie. Uh, what was that movie? Oh, jeez. Um, one, no, um, no, World Heroes Mission is the third one. Two Heroes is the second one. 
Uh, My Hero Academia first movie. What was it called? I'm, I'm blanking so much. Um, this is this not anywhere. Um, where is it? Um, one's justice. Is that the name? Um, no, two here. It is two heroes. That was the first movie. Look at that. Right. But this is Melissa who was from that initial movie and we saw there and I don't think has ever actually made a cameo in the manga besides for some really just like short thing whenever they're like showing all the television screens. Right. But this is that big idea of bringing in a bunch of things together. Right. As eventually all for or all might in this power suit comes up and swings a nasty kick into all for one using something that he calls shoot style, which of, of course is a Deku move, right? As he's just like, not once in my entire life have I got into a battle expecting to lose. And that's where we end off this My Hero Academia chapter. And I'm just going to spoil it now, I don't care. This was the best goddamn chapter of the week. And also, All Might is a character of the week. This is such an awesome chapter, showing off All Might just doing his thing, going in and pummeling all um all for one just finally giving all for one his come up and so we've wanted to give this damn motherfucker for so long right and just seeing him do it is just so incredibly awesome as it eventually happens and of course there's a few things like all right why is he referencing sugar man it's not like um he's done literally anything throughout the series right but it's just a really cool note throughout the entire chapter and it's just pure awesomeness. Next up is One Piece, chapter number 1089, Hostage Situation. And this chapter pretty much goes through all of, or most of the areas of the One Piece world, as we see on, um, like, Sir or Windmill Village in East Blue. We see a um, Whoop Slap, the mayor of that town, and a bunch of other people around, and they're just all sort of reading the newspaper about, um, everything happening on Egghead, and just all of the situation in general. We see the East Blue, we see the South Blue. Um, East Blue, we see Logtown. South Blue, we see something. West Blue, we don't see, we saw something. North Blue, we see something, and we've never been to those places. I don't know those places enough to care, right? Grand Line, we see a bunch of places we've seen before, and we pretty much get a whole bunch of narration talking about how to, how about, if I could talk, about how a bunch of earthquakes are rocking the entire One Piece world, and how, because of this, um, there is now a center um, crater in the land where um, the kingdom of Lelucia used to be, right? The thing that Eam and um, the world government blasted away with the big laser. And pretty much we learned that this earthquake caused the worldwide sea level to rise about one meter. Which is a big, what the fuck? If water is flowing into um, an impossible hole and it isn't filling up, how is the sea level rising? Don't ask me. I, I legitimately don't know, right? But as we just go through everything, we just get just a whole bunch of narration talking about literally everything. Just about stuff in Egghead. Uh, just literally cutting you everywhere, right? I'm guessing if you are a fan of One Piece and are listening to this spoiler review, you've probably read the chapter. So I'm not going to go too in-depth to everything that happened, right? Um, but we pretty much see that going to the island of Egghead, there was a group of nine vice admirals and Admiral Kizaru, um, who of course is Bussolaro, um, naval, admi naval admiral Kizaru, right? 
And we see that with him is also um, one of the five elders, um, Jay Garcia Saturn, who is a big important person into One Piece world, right? One of these five elders finally coming to the Straw Hats um, camp, right? Um, eventually, we just get some, like, an idea of where everybody is. And eventually, as everything just keeps going on, we get this idea that um, York, who is one of the sixth satellite of Vegapunk, is calling up the world government and is just, like, being like, Hey, um, I have told you, like, I've, I was the one who gave you this important mother flame thing, um, and all the others are sort of conversing with her, and she's like, hey, um, you guys promised you can get me out of here, I'll help you capture the entire Straw Hat crew, and do all of this stuff, you just promised me to make a celestial dragon, and you won't hurt me or the lab so I can p continue producing this mother flame for you, right? And the whole sort of big twist at the end of the chapter, she's just like, right, then you guys all have a deal for going to be doing that for me. And she says, the first thing I want you to do is come save me before Straw Hat Luffy kills me, right? As we see pretty much all the Straw Hat pirates. Um, we even see some of the CP0 members and even Jewelry Bonnie, along with a few Destella all standing around. York, who is um, laying on the ground as we see Usopp is transmitting this call through everything. We see Luffy sort of eating like a um, bone and Zoro just has a really cool sword just um, being held. I, I guess that's Inma. I don't really... I, that's the only one of Zoro's swords I know right now besides for the... Um, one that he got at Thriller Bark, and I'm really um, forgetting the name on right now because I'm not the biggest One Piece nut around, right? But they're holding down York, and it's just a really fun chapter, just sort of up doing what One Piece does best in world building. And eventually getting to this joke in a chapter is that during this period of time that we were over at um, other things, not particularly paying attention here to the conflict on Egghead, Whatever we were doing before this, I honestly forget this point. We had the flashback between everybody. Jeez, um, what was the previous chapter? What were we talking about? Let's see. I mean, oh yeah, it was the stuff of Kobe and um, everything on um, Pirate Island Full Lead, right? But that's pretty much just the whole crux of the chapter is this is what happens during that time and how are the Straw Hats going to win this situation, right? That's really all there is there. Um, on the Black Clover page number 367 in Black Bond, we pretty much see that Asta shares all of the... Er, no, that is the big thing that happens at the end of the chapter. Never mind, right? But pretty much we just see um, the Mintio just got cut down by Asta. And it's this big thing to where um, he's like, all right, take a nap. And he goes over to see all the Black Bulls who are all just bleeding out. And we see the Witch Queen is here. And she starts to heal all the Black Bulls, and it's pretty much just like thanks to um, Sekere's sealing magic, um, all of them were able to survive, and that she is going to heal everybody, but it's going to consume all of her power, so the Witch Queen is probably going to die. So she goes to Vanessa and she's like, hey, become the Witch Queen, Vanessa, being that that was a plot point earlier in Black Clover, was the whole thing with the Witch's Force and stuff, right? And before Vanessa even really has a chance to speak, um, the captain of the Coral Peacock Squad, um, I am so blanking on her name right now, um, Dorothy Unworks, I think, is like, hey, I'll be the new Witch Queen, right? I already did plenty of fun stuff. I'll let Vanessa do all that fun stuff now, so I'll become the Witch Queen, right? Sort of just taking all the shit, or like all the pressure out of this sort of idea. As everything goes on, 
Um, the Witch Queen is pretty much like, hey, use some sort of plan, don't you, anti-magic boy? And also like, yes, I do, right? As we see some training that happened in the, um, oh, golly gee, Land of the Sun. Ow, that's a Japanese-themed area in Black Clover, right? And we see that Ryu is just pretty much like, hey, um, you turned the um, Yami's Katana into an anti-magic sword. So how about this? You can probably share all of your powers to the Black Bulls and give them anti-magic properties. And that's what we do he does is we see all the Black Bulls get like some anti-magic properties. As we see the like uh, mag, we get sort of a few color pages here, or not color pages, but um, three quarter page spreads. We actually get two of them. As we see, one is with Magna, um, Luck, Gauch, um, Gray, Zora, and Charmy, as all of them are sort of just like getting all the anti-magic powers. Like, I think Zora, um, Gauch, and Magna look really cool. And the other one is with the rest of the Black Bulls that are here. Um, Finral, Noct, Sekrae, um, Henry, Gordon, and Vanessa, right? As we see, they all have the big important um anti-magic stuff right and i was like all right let's go out there and save the world and that's where the, this is the end of this black clover chapter now i know i probably skipped over a lot but i really did enjoy this chapter just because that is not a sort of twist i saw coming and of course the black bulls are going to be fine black clover is a series with really no to all stakes right but i, I still enjoy black clover and just the whole idea of giving them the anti-magic properties is just so incredibly cool to me. Um, the other thing to note about Black Clover is though, even though this issue isn't the issue where it's happening, Black Clover is about to be removed from Shonen Jump. And that is sort of like a small big deal because it's like, it sort of does suck, but I will talk about that more whenever we get to the um, 38 review. I'm not going to talk about it now since this isn't really time and praise to mention it. But being that I'm getting this video out so late, I may as well, right? Um, we got three series down. We have four to go as we go on to Undead Unluck. Chapter number 170. This chapter is titled, um, if I can find a title, mainly if I can get what's it's called the load. Because I forgot, I want to move. That is what the chapter is titled. Because um, I actually didn't open up Undead Unluck. I hope I didn't do that for too many other chapters. Let me go check. Oh, yeah. Um, next one I didn't do that for. But just getting back to Undead Unlock. We pretty much just have some stuff with Jakara, um, Fuko, um, Gina, and Jakara's friend all talking. And we really learn about um, how Jakara really likes to take photos, right? And it's pretty much just a photo. As he, like, he likes to look at people and capture images in time, right? As everything just keeps going on, it's pretty much just this idea of... Um, Fuko's like, hey, Chikara, I'm sure that you'll be able to take plenty of more photos. Um, we learned a cool, interesting thing about his friend who pretty much made Chikara the yearbook leader so he could take photos, right? It's a weird thing, right? So, um, as everything just keeps going on, it is this whole idea the where, um, um, Chikara names the school sp or sports festival, right? And Fuko and Gina are like, oh, the school sports festival, huh? That's interesting, right? When is it again? Oh, that's in May. It's during the May quest period, right? As we cut to May at the end of the, um, at the, close to the end of the sports festival, as we see all of the, um, members of Union who are in the sports festival are going together to be doing stuff in it, right? And, um, we see that, um, Fuko and Gina at this time and everybody else are also going to 
doing quests, right? Being that, yes, this is a long-term investigation period, right? So it's this whole fun idea, and is everything just keeps going on. There's just a competition between Shin and Fuko again, right? And everybody's winning, and it's just a really fun thing. Is It's now September, as we see that is just taking photos, and um, the whole crew is still going through and taking, um, doing quests. That is the word. And we just keep going on through the entire chapter as we see that Chikara and his parents are walking home from school one day, right? And, um, or no, um, Chikara's walking home and his parents find him out and they're just like, oh, hey, what are you doing, right? And, um, Chikara's just like, hey, um, don't scare me around there. You guys out shopping, right? And, um, his mom's like, oh, what are you hiding there, right? And it's this big idea where Chikara's like, hey, I think I want to be a photographer, right? And his parents are like, oh, this is rare. It's, um, you never really voice what you want to do on your own, Chikara, right? And he's just like, I know I have to take over the family business, um, and neither of you will force me into doing it, but, um, I really just love taking photos, right? And as he's going through all of this, he's just like, bringing out smiles by taking pictures. Those are things I love. And he's like... So my point is, I want to move forward and pursue my dream. As we see, this is when unmoved triggers, right? And of course, as it triggers, his parents are standing in the middle of the road. Of course, how we know Jakar's parents died in the original timeline, or in the 99 fruit, it's not like the original timeline. Jakar's parents have died a bunch of times, right? It's really sad to ever think about it, but that's just a world of undead unlock. And as everything just goes on, we get the explanation of unmove. Um, unmove the an external targeting compulsionary activation type together negator and he sort of just looks at him and just like by keeping Chikara's arm and legs fixed anything within his sight has its movement negated right as this truck comes barreling towards him and his parents can't move at all as this truck is coming we see Fuko, Shin, Gina and everybody smash up the truck and sort of just hold it right as we see um Chikara recognize him like oh Mrs. Zuma, what's going on here, right? As we see what ended up happening was that um, a bunch of these people um, all came together. Um, Sean used his uns, um, unseen ability, or whatever it's called, unseen ability, to hide all of the members of Union so they can stop the truck so they're not done by um, Chikara, right? And it's this big idea where um, Fuko sort of explains the whole idea of Chikara's new together power. And as everything is just going on, she's like, hey, um, I know you want to take pictures for the yearbook, and you don't have to quit. You can keep going to school till you graduate, right? And Fuka's like, hey, that's why we're all here. Just leave it to us. We'll provide you with the uh, support you need to deal with your negation ability, Shakara, right? And it's this really awesome moment as everything happens here, right? And that's what you guys see in the chapter. It's a fine chapter just showing Jakara and... It uh, is a very good chapter, just showing Jakara's motivation and learning a lot about him before his negation ability finally awakens. So next chapter, I'm sort of just expecting that we'll have like a few brief details with Chikara at the beginning before we eventually just build up and get there to the whole idea of, um, yeah, this arc is probably going to end here in like the next two chapters, being that the big conflict has sort of happened. Next up is the Ichinose's family, Deadly Sins, as it is an entire chapter all about the little guy, um, Kinta, who is like Tsubasa's new foster brother. And there's a bunch of stuff about him with how Tsubasa just follows Kinta around. And it's just this crazy idea about how we see that Kinta's original parents um, were real 
shit bags and like quarters and not good people. And it's just this big idea to where eventually we learned in the chapter that Kinta bullies a lot of kids. And that's not good. So that is the whole, sort of whole thing. And Tsubasa tries to like scold him, but um, it eventually turns out to where Kinta sort of gaslights Tsubasa into being bullied himself, right? And it's this whole idea of where Tsubasa doesn't really want to be a part of this family anymore because Kinna is such sort of a shitbag, right? And Sota is so demanding along with the mother figure in this whole idea, right? And we sort of see it there on another commercial at the beach, right? And Tsubasa is here. Of course, he's run away from home. And we see that his mom, Tsubasa's mom, I honestly forget her name at this point too, um, we sort of just see that, um, she sees Tsubasa on a television screen with Sota and this other guy on this same big idea of all the families continue to gather at the beach, right? So we see that, um, Tsubasa's mom may be coming to see what's going on next time. Um, that's really all there is to each knows this family deadly sins. It's not really a great, great chapter and just really not a whole lot to mention with it. Next up is Marshall Master Asumi. As we see, it has gotten a color page because Marshall Master Asumi is actually doing pretty well. I mean, out of it in Icehead Gill, I have not been reading Icehead Gill, so I couldn't can't attest to the quality of that series. But obviously, the big winner out of it is um, Marshall Master Asumi, or MMA. As I, I MMA is a, such a cool abbreviation, I've got to say, right? But that's really the whole deal of it. Um, it's doing pretty good. This chapter is pretty much all about just going through, and it's this whole idea of, um, oh, jeez, um, Nito training with now, and they're just going through a bunch of stuff, and it's a bunch of things about, um, just how all this conflict has gone on. I don't really remember most of this chapter, or at least a flashback part of it, and don't really feel like rereading it, being, I, like I said, I haven't read these chapters in so long. Um, so as everything is just going on, we see that, um, Nito, in order to beat Kazuro, end up is having some of his younger family members go and train with the grandpa, right? So he's like, maybe I should have done this sooner, right? As we see that he is at Yoshi's MMA training with Now. And eventually the whole crux of the end of the chapter is that Now is having her big MMA fight. And we, last sort of image we see is that she sort of just beats the shit out of this one guy, right? Um, I know there was a bunch that I skipped in here, and I do think this was a really good chapter from what I remember, but, uh, it's just something where there's a lot of dialogue, and I don't know if I'm skimming through it, and, like, the pictures aren't easy to depict, like, a My Hair Academia, or, uh, Undead Unluck, right? It's not as easy just to look and be like, yeah, that is what happened last time, right? Um, Marshall Master Sumi, really, really good, um, not a whole lot to say. Um, next chapter will probably be about Nao's second and third match. Maybe she just steamrolls the whole thing, or maybe she does have issues, right? We'll see you next time on chapter number 9 of Martial Master Sumi. Next up is Tenmaku Cinema, chapter number 17. Um, if you want to hear my really expanded thoughts on Tenmaku Cinema, chapter 17, I have a video that has come out today, um, Friday the 25th of August, if you want to go check it out on, for my full expanded thoughts. But pretty much it's just a chapter about Hajime um, and all the movie location squad thing. Um, just going through and filming at the beach. And they do a whole bunch of stuff really quickly just by nature of Tenmaku Cinema. It doesn't probably not have that much time left. And as everything just keeps going on, it's this big idea at the end of the chapter where 
Kurai can no longer, um, is really having like a mental crisis going on. And that is where we end off the chapter of this big idea of her being like, I, I don't get the character of Nagisa, right? And Tenmaku being like, hey, you're, you're going to surpass me, Director Shinichi. Obviously showing that the series is going through towards a untimely conclusion, which does suck. But if you want to hear my expanded thoughts on it in like 20 minutes, go check out that um, other video. I, I think it was a good one. Next up is Kill Blue, chapter number 16. And when I say I have no clue what happens in this chapter, I have no clue what happens in this chapter. It is 16 titled Against the Wall. Um, we start off with, um, oh, jeez, what is main character guy's name? Um, Onagami. Yes, it's Onagami, right? He is training with, um, who I think is Shun, his, um, like, the detective underling guy who's always talking through his ear, right? Um, they end up training in the morning, and it's pretty much just a fun thing between two of them. Um, as we get to the actual chapter, oh, I remember. It is pretty much a joke chapter about a double date with um, Norin Odagami, the club president of the Home Economics Club. Um, oh, what is her name? It's like Shirone or something. It is something with an S, if I remember right. And of course, good old Tinma Tindo. God, I love Tinma Tindo. He's... Tinma is probably one of my favorite new jump characters, just by the way he is, right? But, um, I don't, I feel sort of bad not remembering the one girl's name, but, um, yeah. But it's pretty much just a big double date joke chapter about all of that, and we sort of just see, um, Odagami has no style, and as everything just keeps going on, um, they all sort of have fun on this sort of double date thing as everything goes on. Um, and it's just this big idea of where they're going to, to the movies to go watch movies. And as everything is going on, um, we see it. Tinma is on the end of a row. Um, sitting beside him is Home Economics Girl. Um, next to her and in between the two. And then on the other end of the row is Norin. And in the middle is Odagami. And we see as all of this is going on, we see that Odagami turns back into his old man form. What's gonna happen next time? Um... Going back through remembering it, I do remember this being like sort of just like a funny chapter. Like, of course, it's a weird thing to where, yeah, we all know Odagami is an old guy on the inside, right? But that, you sort of just got to put that back whenever you're reading um, oh, Kill Blue here. So I'm going to be interested to see where the chapter goes next time of, hey, what is going on with Odagami? We'll see next chapter, um, which the next chapter has already been out for five days of recording of this, so... You probably already know. No Way's Exorcist chapter number 13 is next. Um, this chapter is titled Hollow Weapon Release. Last time we saw that um, Gakuro had let his um, hollow weapon, it had gotten upgraded, and um, it cleared the rust out off it, as we learn that that's what's going on. And it's this big idea to where um, Gakuro goes to see Nue, and they sort of have a little bit um, of a talk as we see that Gakuro ends up passing out, and of course, Nue's breasts. And as everything keeps going on, um, Gakuro sort of has a dream of Shiroha being a little kid and um, really having to put up with her shit master, right? Um, and eventually, as everything goes on, Gakuro goes to clear off spirits in the top half of the school, and he sees Shiroha there. And he tries to talk to Shiroha, but not really a whole lot is happening, right? And he's like, hey, if I win Shiroha, I want you to tell, about my, tell you about my family, right? I want to help you out. 
and it's this big idea to where um he wants to save her but she won't let Gakuro do that and it's this big idea to where um she is just trying to go away from her and not having a, a big mess with it right um she's like at this point I can measure your abilities now and it's just three days left to our big collaboration right and Gakuro has this shocking realization of dude I, I can't be beat her she's just too powerful and it's this really um interesting thing to where Gakuro's like I was so delusional to think that I could try to talk to her, and I didn't really know my place with all of this, right? And Nui's just pretty much like, hey, I know you want to save Shiroha more than anything else, um, yet you think you don't know your place, but yet you do. You haven't completely given up on what you're sort of standing for. It's okay, I know you can do it, right? And as all this is going on, we see um, Kyosuke, or whatever his name was, the, um, the spirit that um, Iroha is controlling, um, we're not Roha, um, Shiroha. Um, yeah, Shiroha. Um, the person that she controls, right, as we eventually see it, um, he's looking in on Nui and Gakuro's conversation. Um, eventually after Gakuro leaves, Nui comes to, or the spirit comes in to talk with Nui, and Nui's like, hey, Gakuro win. And as everything just keeps going on, we end off the chapter with the night of the duel. What is happening is we see Gakuro's there facing off with Shiroha, and Nui's is like, oh, hey, good, Yajima. The look in your eyes, now you're able to beat her, right? As he's just like, all right, and now it is time to begin. As we're going to get the conflict between Shiroha and Gakuro next time. And to be honest, I am pretty excited. I mean, again, I didn't really say a whole lot about this chapter like I did the first few. I do think it was a seriously good chapter through and through, and a really fun one at that. And um, we got five chapters left, with the fifth from last one being Fabricant 100, um, chapter number 33. Like, I still have to say it, I am so surprised this series isn't over yet. And I'm actually sort of happy it isn't, because while it isn't, like, my favorite thing to read and jump, I do actually enjoy um, Fabricant 100 a decent amount, right? Um, it's called Collusion Number 2, as we just get more of a fight between number 100 and number 99, as they just start facing off more and they just go through and fight each other and we see number nine's ice powers is sort of the opposite of 100's fire powers right and as they keep going off with she that fabricate 100 it ends up emulating her arm in front flames and then cutting it off and then emulating the um stump of the arm to sort of cauterize it it's a cool move and as everything just keeps going on we see that um number 100 is sort of frozen into like a carcophagus on the front and as everything is going on we sort of just get this idea between whenever 100 and Ashibi first met and it's this big thing to where um pretty much as everything's going on 100 is like oh well um n number 100 you already lost so just give up you're just so persistent as we see um, Ashibi, who has suddenly come behind 100, and this actually pretty cool two-page spread, and we see that he has immolated his entire body in flames, and he goes, as he is on fire, he goes to punch the living shit out of um, um, the number one and number 99, saying that he will kill you guys and finish this. And it is actually a pretty cool sort of whole chapter of just showing him like I really do like love the panel him sort of with his arm outstretched and his fist behind him covered in flames it is a very cool visual and of course you know Ashibi probably won't die from this being that he has got his regeneration um yao flesh so 
Fat Gun 100, chapter number 33. Pretty good chapter, if I gotta say so myself. Um, next up is Akane Banashi, chapter 73. We're like four chapters now. I thought we had finally gotten the score. But this is a chapter where we actually get the score. As we see that um, it's the whole idea of Hikaru and Akane getting ready to see who won the big competition. As it's... Um, Alright, can Akane Arakawa be Hikaru Arakawa's total of 93 points? Akane Arakawa's score is... We have another color page, big spread, of sort of all the members of the Shigama school there. Um, just all sort of hanging around. We also see um, a sort of a bunch of characters like Roshi in the background. We also see Hikaru. We see Master Shigama himself. And the female Rakugoka, the big time one. Um, I seriously forget her name now too, but, oh man, I, I do seriously forget it, and that sort of sucks, because I forgot it, right? And we sort of see that, um, Akane has got her score, she got a 19 from Master Akin, a 19 from, um, Ryaku, an 18 from Gakuman, the, um, hard-ass judge, a 20 from the in-person audience, and a 16 from the stream, showing that the stream audience is, of course, the lowest, as we see that Akane's total points is 92 points just one less than akaru meaning that hakaru won and has won the rinsai kai tournament meaning that um she will take part in that four person event with um koguma kaisei and the one other person who i am forgetting that's really just a big deal as the real difference maker was the streaming audience as everybody knows we see the mastery kid is like, hey, that performance did feel very nostalgic. It very much reminded Akin of um, her, Akane's father, um, Shinta. And she's and there's sort of this moment, uh, I forget if it's now or later on, where it's this big guy. I actually think it's later on because we see Akane runs into Kaisei way later on in this chapter. And this big idea of where Kaisei is like, hey, um, the stage wasn't really the best place to go soul searching for yourself, right? And it's just this really big tough moment for Akane. Is I'm going to go back to earlier in the chapter now where Akane was doing all the stuff with Hikaru. And it's just this big idea to where, um, yeah, Akane's like, hey, um, Hikaru's like, hey, thank you very much. Um, I beat you. And next time, um, I'm ready for you to totally trash me, right? But next time, I'll be even more prepared too. And we sort of see all the people who performed in this tournament, right? They're all talking, and we see the one Zinza who um, was the first out. It was like the really, like, one of like the Padawan um, not in his head. Um, he sort of has the idea of like, hey, I got like a job out of this. And we just see some more stuff with sales guy, um, Kaichi. I think it was Kaichi, right? Um, eventually, we see that Akane is leaving, and we see this is where she runs into Kaisei. And as everything is going on, we see that um, all the guys from Shigama are just like, hey, um, you guys want to you want to come over and hang out with everybody? But she's just like, no, this isn't really the time for this. And we see that she goes on and she starts, starts crying because she lost and she really wanted to win. And we see that she sort of starts just repenting um, Jigumu Jigu, to herself as she's sort of walking away. Um, and she's like, man, I just really wanted to win with my dad's story. I, I just wanted to win so badly. She's just crying, and that's where we end off the chapter. It is a very just sweet chapter, just showing Akane being very vulnerable, just being like, hey, I really wanted to win, and she sadly did, and that's, it is what it is, and it's just a very sad thing. 
Blue Box chapter number 112. This chapter is titled Got It All Sorted Out. And it's pretty much all about Hina. Which is awesome because we got like a Hina chapter because Hina is so good and cool. Um, but we see Hina here and we pretty much see that um, her and Taiki are getting back to like just a friendly relationship, right? And um, as they're sort of just hanging out, um, she's just like, Taiki's carrying something somewhere. And Hina just like goes and is like, hey, you can carry these for me too, right? Um, and she just gives something for Taiki to carry. They're tight talking and um, Hina makes a joke of, I, how's it be, feel being 16 years old? Oh, I mean three years old, right? And as everything just keeps on, like, hey, we'll be second year soon. And it just all continues to where um, Chena, or where Hina's is like, hey, um, I'm glad that we're friends again. She's like, hey, you have to, and actually speaking, she's like, hey, you have to step up your game too, Taiki. If you don't tell Shinatsu Senpai how you feel soon, she might get swept up by some first year, right? And this is when Taiki has to be like, um, actually, yeah, we're going now. And we see that this sort of makes Hina a little sad, right? But at the same time, she's just like, hey, why do I really care? I mean, I was, I thought I had put all this past me, right? And she's like, um, when I got rejected, it felt like my heart had been bashed in with a hammer and then smashed to pieces. But now it hurts like nails are just clawing into it. And we get this really interesting panel, just Hina sort of just like being uncomfortable and crying. And she's just being like, hey, I, I have moved on though. And it's like, I've moved on. I'll get through this heartache and it will be fine as we get this again idea of just the nails in the heart. And eventually she's like, I have to get over my love of Taiki already. And eventually we see that Kyo comes out and Kyo scares the ever living shit out of her, right? And um, this again with all that makes her heart pound, right? And as all of this is going on, we see that the two of them are looking out into the school court courtyard where some random guy is asking Ayame out. Did you guys remember about Ayame? Because she still exists, right? And this guy's like, hey, Ayame, will you go out with me? I just think you're really cute, right? And she's like, hey, thank you very much, but I still need a lot of time to think about it. And as everything going on, we see that the guy walks away and we see that Ayame turns to both Kyo and Hina who are looking. He's like, Oh man, were you two eavesdropping on me, right? It's this sort of just funny moment, but they're both like, hey, sorry, we're, we just met, um, happened to overhear it. But Ayame's like, hey, I don't really mind everything, right? And as everything is just going on, um, Hina's like, hey, um, so what are you going to tell him, right? And Hina's just like, or not Hina, um, Hina says, so what are you going to tell him to Ayame? And Ayame's just like, hey, I haven't had a boyfriend or so in a while, so I could go off him. It's fun going on dates, so I'll consider it, right? Which is a bit, bit different from when we ever first met Ayame, who was always like, yeah, I go out on dates every weekend, right? It's just how it goes, right? Showing that she has got some character development, and as everything is just going on, right, he's just like, man, everybody is so grown up, right? As we see that um, all of a sudden, Hina is just like, hey, Ayame, um, can you introduce me to like a, um, a, a really cool boy, right? Um, I, I want to um, meet new people, go on dates, do all this fun stuff, right? And Ayame is just like, um, hey, um, uh, you know boys are lifeless, right? But if I find a handsome prince who is perfect for you, I'll introduce you to him, right? Um, but I, I want you to know the experience. You deserve someone who will make your heart race, right? And so Hina's is like, oh, thank you so much, Ayame. And it's this cool little moment of where they're like, all right, we'll hang out together. Um, we'll have some fun time, right? And the entire time, Kyo is just standing in the background, right? 
and is if it, and as everything is going on, Hina also turns to Kyo and it's just like, hey, and Kyo, if you know any really good guys, you better introduce me to them too, right? And um, Kyo's just like, hey, just before all this happens, you need to make sure you have it all sorted out before you try to fall for someone new, right? As Hina sort of here just here and she's like, um, uh, and we sort of see this idea again of like the nails in her heart and they sort of seems to be loosening a little bit as we see that, um, as all of this is going on, we see Hina just look up and be like, yeah, that sounds good to me. As we see Kyo, who is standing there just looking at her, and we see Ayame, who looks back at Kyo, and that's where the chapter ends. Um, dude, Hina's like my favorite damn character in Blue Box, and this is like a really sad chapter just based on Hina, and I really like the moment at the end of where Hina's like, hey, Ayame, let me meet a boy. I, I just want to meet a cool boy, right? And it's just a really awesome chapter, and that's really all I got to say about that. It's just so nice and heartwarming and wholesome. Like, ah, it's just so cool. <laughs> um, next up is Elusive Samurai, chapter number 121. And I'm going to be honest, I did not care for this chapter. This was, like, the worst chapter of the week. And being that I haven't read in, like, two weeks, I'm like, oh, it's the Elusive Samurai. <laughs> Um, I think the joke at the beginning of the chapter is that the, um, killing-faced, round-faced dude, um, is actually the guy's father from the one they knew before from a previous arc. Um, Tokuyuki gets introduced to the other generals. One is a little kid, the same who was, um, like, a son, or like a retainer of one of the people that killed the entire Hojo family. And Akiya is just like, hey, um, get ready to deal with all of this stuff. Um, what else really happened in this chapter? Um, we see that a young um, emperor, the um, Ashikaga, or um, the big bad guy, Tadayoshi Ashikaga, I think. Um, his son is now a big um, war general guy. And we see that... Um, Shiba, or who was previously known as Shiba, um, is talking with him and, like, devises a plan, um, says, like, his plan B first, so when the kid rejects it, he actually gets a plan A, which sounds better, um, and it's just this bad, big idea of where, um, Shiba wants to take Tokuyuki's head. That's the Elusive Samurai, chapter number 121. It sucked. Woo! And on to the 14th and final chapter, Witch Watch, chapter number 120. So, of course, last thing that happened on Witch Watch was the whole idea of the Dreamweaver Witch, um, who was Tokiko, um, who sounds like the Heavenly Delusion character, and um, Khan, right? Um, Tokyo had this power that was able to make Khan fall asleep, and they would fight inside of Khan in, Khan's inner world, where Tokyo had the sort of power of everything at the beginning of the chapter we sort of learn who um keigo is just like hey who is this tokyo guy right as he sort of just learns that tokyo's whole power is just like hey the more that you reject your own sort of um realm the more i can take over pretty much saying that if you say you're weak then you truly are weak as he sort of like takes this tree branch whip and sort of just like really um like uses it to whip keigo and we see that he whips keigo into dream um these scars actually appear on his body in real life 
And as everything is just going on, Tokyo has this really like big moment where he's like, man, I live for this as we get this really creepy image of him, which is actually going to be an image for a thumbnail of this video because geez, is that just like a what the fuck image, right? But as everything goes on, we see that um, Keigo uses one of his Tengu abilities, um, a Tengu cloak to sort of make him invisible. It's like that invisible cloak from the um, Harry Potter series. I think at least, because I read the Harry Potter books when I was really, 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 really young and have not even thought about them since. Um, but we see that he uses this ability and Kago just runs away like, man, I am so pathetic, right? And he runs up to some dude and's like, hey, you've got to help me. Um, this guy's just on the street. And as everything just keeps going on, um, Tokyo just keeps whipping Kago. And Kago just gets a sheet bit out, shit beat out of him. And he's, as he's just like, Lands in front of a mirror, just looking all um, battered and bruised. He's like, hey, man, I'm sorry, Paul. And he's just like, I couldn't be the powerful Tengu you always said I was. As we sort of get a flashback to Kago's sort of past and his sort of mind palace. The only weird thing is, is that it doesn't have, like, your regular black borders that flashbacks have. So it's just a little bit of a weird thing there. But as everything is just going on... Um, Pretty much Kago's father, which this is probably the first time we've seen Kago's father in the series, is pretty much just like, um, hey, um, soon you'll be living at the um, Odagi house, right? And um, Kago's like, hey, I won't let no ogre one up me. I know exactly how you feel about that, right? And Kago's father pretty much says, um, hey, perhaps I griped about old grudges with ogres where you could hear a bit too much, right? And he's just like, I hate to admit it, but we can but we can't beat ogres in pure strength, right? That is the kind of power they are just born with, right? And they're a diligent clan to boo. I mean, they're just way too serious, right? And it's this sort of idea, he's just like, hey, if you're going to be spending that much time with an ogre, try to have him teach you those same serious tries, right? Having an ogre around you will make you as a person stronger, right? And he's just like, hey, there's um, this guy's son is the same age as you, right? And he's a good kid who's training hard, so there's no need for you to inherit the grudge of your parents, right? Your generation should build up a brand new era. And that is just like a very beautiful sentiment of just saying like, hey, don't hold grudges of the past. Like, don't hold this family grudge that's been going on for generations. Become your own person. Become who you want to be. And don't be shackled by these old grudges. And it's just this really um, brilliant moment, I think, that um, Kenta Shinohara wrote. And it's just so much of um, Keigo just being like, all right, sounds good. I'll do it. And um, eventually, it's this whole big idea of where his father sends him off just saying, hey, go with confidence, Kanchi, um, or Khan. You're powerful, right? As we see that Kago's just here and he's like, hey, look at me. I'm a total wrecking from this mirror. I got knocked around real good. I ran. And he's just like, I'm sorry, dad. I'm not what you thought. I'm just. As he sort of looks down his arms that are all um, bruised and battered, right? And he sees all of these things that aren't from the scar whips, right? Um, or the whips or the whip latch marks. He's just like, wait a second. All these welts aren't from a whip, right? as he's just been like as we see cut to an earlier moment where it's like man i'm always full of bruises he thinks man i am strong right as he sort of stands up and sort of shakes off his tengu um shoes and it's like and tokyo is just like oh man you're are you still up for a fight 
as he's like impressive for somebody so weak as Kago just comes in and he's just like or not Kago um Khan he's just like um Khonshu whatever you call him he's like I remember now I train with him every day for the first time in history a Tengu has trained together with an ogre and the proof of that is carved here into my body as he comes and does like a flying kick to Tokyo's face and is just like even if I don't have faith in myself, I do have faith in this strength. Showing off just a really cool character moment for Khan, just like showing his resolve because we know he's a scaredy cat character at points. And that's really all I've got to say about all of these um, chapters this week. Um, let's go and talk about the um, best and worst series of the week. Um, so my favorite series of the week was, of course, Mark Academia, which I talked about like 50 minutes ago at this point. I just thought that was a really awesome, great, and solid chapter. Um, my second best chapter was Black Clover, and the next was Tenmaku Cinema. Granted, rereading these chapters and sort of giving them time, I don't really know if that still stands, but being that those were my initial impressions, I will stick with them. So those are my top three, My Hero Academia, Black Clover, Tenmaku Cinema. My least favorite three were Nui's Exorcist, Fabricant 100, and The Elusive Samurai. I definitely don't know if I still agree with that, because I do think Fabricant and Nui's Exorcist were both better than Ichinose Family. Um, you know, I'm going to do some live editing here to my spreadsheet. Um, we're going to come put Nui's Exorcist and Fabricant 100, both boost them up one, lower Ichinose's Family's Deadly Sins down one, and also move down Tenmaku Cinema to right under Blue Box, and move up all the series that were above that, above it. Um, so let's see. So what are the updated rankings? We have, um, let's see. We have first My Academia, second Black Clover, third Kill Blue. Um, the worst series was Elusive Samurai. Above that was Ichinose Family and then Fabricant 100. The total ranking was My Academia, Black Clover, Kill Blue, Undead Unluck, Akane Banashi, Blue Box, Tenmaku Cinema, one Piece, Witch Watch, Martial Master Sumi, New Age Exorcist, Fabricant 100, Ichinose's Family, and Lita Elusive Samurai. And my character of the week was All Might because All Might looked really fucking cool. With that, my voice is getting extremely tired. I have not stopped talking in, I think, 50 minutes that I've been sort of recording this video. This thing may hit an hour. I really don't know what the time is looking like. But um, those are my thoughts on Weekly Shonen Jump issue number 36, 37 of 2023. Um, I will have a video on chapter on issue number 38, but um, I've got to read those here real fast, probably after this, and I may record it tonight too. I don't really, um, I'm not really 100% sure. But um, that's really all I got to say for that. If you did enjoy this video, I've got plenty others like it on the channel. Um, and if you did enjoy it, hope you won't consider liking, subscribing, and commenting down below. All those things just do a long way to help me do this because I really enjoy talking about manga, and um, those small steps really just help me out a bunch. Um, with that, thank you very much again for watching. I've got a playlist with all the other, um, this podcast on the description below. And with that, again, thank you for watching. Um, a lot of great jump chapters this week. Um, especially I think My Hero Academia, Black Clover, Kill Blue, and Dead Unlock. Um, Boo Box and, um, Akane Banashi were all great, along with, like, Witch Watch. Um, and the rest were sort of middling, and then Lose the Samurai fucking blowed. Um, and with that, I don't have too much else to say. This was a great time, guys. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Have a great rest of your day. This is going to be Glow Plasma 231.